Hey, yo, that is the music of the Club Cool podcast. We are back, coming to you live from a brand new recording studio. It's the one that I'm calling No Limit Studios. Wow. Yeah, because there's no limit to the heights that we can reach inside of this windowless room. And <laughs> and that's uh, you know that's that's the motto going forward. Uh, welcome to No Limit Studios. Welcome back to the Club Cool Podcast. We're meeting at the intersection of style and pop culture. I'm here with longtime guest. It's Phil Battaglia, aka Phil in the City. Nice, I like that. Yeah, we're 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 closer to the city in this studio. We are. So you know, we're in the middle of it. You're you're you can if you say that fast, it sounds like Felicity. Phil in the City. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, so, you know, you can extrapolate, go go crazy with that one if you want. We've got a fun show today. We're going to do a little pop culture minute, talk about a couple things going on uh, in the entertainment industry and that side of things. Then we're going to hit TV, going to give some thoughts on the first half of True Detective Season 3. Uh, and then, uh, then we'll touch on some spring 2019 trends and how you can... Take what was seen on the runway and what's going to be big in high fashion and kind of let it reach your maybe more everyday casual wardrobe. That's what's on the docket today. How do you feel about that? I love that. That's good. Good. And good. I really love TV, so I can't wait for that segment. TV is very good. Yeah. It's very fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if there's one thing that... Um, like. If there was ever a, a, a time where I thought like my New Year's resolution was like watch less TV, uh-huh. there's no way that that always like maybe crosses my mind, and then I just get so rid of that, get that, rid of that thought. Th- that sort of crosses my mind, but it 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 kind of it comes down in a different way. It's more like I always always in the back of my mind for New Year's, I'm like I'm going to read more this year. Yeah, that's what I say. Ugh. But that and that would require watching fewer hours of television can't have it but i did get a i did get a good reading light off of amazon and that's that's helpful because now i can first step because now i can i've actually i've been reading the last couple of nights with my with my reading light have you yeah yeah i'm that we at talked, all hours of the night we Barrett talked about <laughs> we talked about the those oral history books and yeah. I'm, I'm i'm finishing up the snl one right now oh my god I'm, I'm into like the 90s and i'm reading the stories about like the the, the little anecdotes about chris farley mm-hmm. that guy was he was he was an animal but hilarious i mean i don't think you'd you'd ever stop laughing if you were hanging out uh, with him. Uh, he was one of my favorites for sure but yeah tv man gotta love it huh yeah i'm a known non-reader so <laughs> i'd rather just you just embrace it absorb it through my eyeballs that are glued to a tv yeah all right, well, let's jump in. Let's talk let's talk pop culture for a minute. It's our pop culture minute. I want to start with uh with this trending new hairstyle. And it's less of a style, more of a color. It is the platinum blonde dye jobs. Most recently debuted on one Zach Efron, friend of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Whether he knows it or not. Yeah, right. Whether he knows it or yeah. not, he's he's a friend of the pod. Do you think he ever listened to the um, the episode of F and Around? F and Around. Well, yeah. we did. I think didn't we? I think we did two episodes of yeah. F and Around. But um, I'm sure he listened. He probably, surely somebody sent him those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he. They're, we're just waiting for him to reach out. They're yeah. still available uh, in the archives. <laughs> in the Grand in the Grand X Labs, Labs yeah. archives. Yeah. <laughs> Good. That was my. That was if in, if you're new to Club Cool or if you're newer to Club Cool, it. it 
Club Cool was actually almost kind of born out of the original idea that I had for a podcast, which was a Za- exclusively a Zac Efron podcast, and it was called Effin' Around. Yeah. The followers of said podcast uh, were named Effies and or Effers. <laughs> so shouts to all the Effies and the Effers out yeah. there. Yeah. Anyway, so Zach, he just showed up on the red carpet somewhere, and he has got full-on platinum blonde hair, you know, just Daenerys Targaryen style, uh-huh. and he did nothing to his eyebrows or facial hair. So he's got, like, very dark eyebrows and facial hair. Next thing you know, we got Jonah Hill rocking a similar hairstyle, but with longer hair and more dark roots. Uh-huh. And now, this, this look is not something new, it, because guys... Tatted up dudes like Zayn Malik mm-hmm. and Adam Levine and uh, Troy Sivan have been rocking this this platinum look over the last 12 to 18 months. But this is the first time that we've seen... Justin Bieber, too. Yeah. But this is the first time we've seen like like mainstream... Pete Davidson. Holly, yeah, Pete Davidson. Yuck. This is the first time that we've seen mainstream like A-list movie stars just adopt the color. Now maybe Zach has it for a role, but I I it kind of just feels like something he's he's deciding to to run with here. Um, I was very pleased when I saw that picture. I almost sent it to you immediately, but the reason is I've always had like this inclination to go get that done. Mm-hmm. I've never dyed my hair. Okay. In thirty four years. Yeah. Um, but I like the way it looks. But what I really like about the way he's doing it is. I have really dark facial features. Um, my eyebrows are kind of big and dark, and any time that, like, any time I've shaved my head, I just look like it's all eyebrows. <laughs> That's all you see on me. And like, my facial hair um, is patchy and kind of disgusting, but it's also dark. But he's pulling it off, so um, maybe I mean, I'll I, do it. Yeah, I would say he's embracing the contrast. Absolutely. You know, that's it, it's almost part of it it's part of the look yeah he's pulling it off he pulls everything off though but the uh the the biggest fear that i have with that look is when it starts to grow out right that could go bad really quick well so i i I actually uh, i briefly talked about this on uh yesterday's hotline episode of oysters clams and cockles and i i back in 2012 late 2012 i half-assed did an (laughs) attempt at this I wanted to change hair color. I like, you know, I've, I've talked before about how like I like to mix up my hairstyle kind of pretty much all the time, constantly like either growing it out or cutting it back really short and kind of trying to do different things. So one time, six years ago, I did do, I went blonde, mm-hmm. but where the, the mistake that I made was I didn't want to bleach it because bleaching the hair is kind of like, you kind of fry it, you kind of mess it up mm-hmm. a little bit. And I wanted to, you know, try to keep my texture, keep the, you know, the natural things going with my hair. And so I just tried to dye it the color and I I got it done like at the regular place that I go to get my hair done, you know, so it was all like, it was professionally done, but the lack of bleach means that you can't really get it to that, that light, light kind of almost whitish gray Mm -hmm. blonde color. Mm -hmm. So mine was, you know, Kind of a disaster. It, it just came out very what they call brassy. It's very brassy and a little orange. Do you have photos? Of I've this? got photos. Yeah, 
I'll, Man, I'll put those up. I'll throw some up. It, it, they don't deserve a full on post, but I'll put them in the stories. <laughs> I'll throw some in the stories on the Club Cool Instagram at yeah. Club Cool Pod if you want to see what uh, what this this little brassy look <laughs> brassy like. do looked like. Uh, it, it was it was okay. Yeah, I got it. At a couple weeks into it, they applied a toner to it to try to get rid of some of that real kind of shiny brass look. And then it was a little bit more just kind of like yellowy, but it wasn't like, it wasn't awesome. I wasn't like, this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And then you get to the point where, like you said, the roots start growing out mm-hmm. and then you are left with the choice to either embrace the roots, which I definitely didn't want to do with this kind of whack-ass color that I had going. Mm-hmm. So then you got to start like cutting it really short. So I did... I did like a very high and tight at one point. I looked like Jimmy Dormady from Boardwalk Empire, except <laughs> if, if his hair was y- yellow orange. Yeah. So you know, it it was a journey. It was. But it but if I ever did it again, I you got I'd go bleach. Yeah. I too once dyed my hair. <laughs> I, I would sh- love to see that too. I too dyed my hair one time. Uh, I went for a blonde look. Unlike Barrett, uh, I didn't go to a professional. I was uh, I was what I think we would term as a broke boy at the time. <laughs> I was in my early to mid twenties and had very little money. And uh, my friend Jessica convinced me after we'd been drinking. She's like, well, "You should dye your hair blonde, and I'll do it for you." And I was like, "Okay, great." So she went to Walgreens or something and got like a you know a blonde dye set, and uh, it did not. Needless to say, it did not work well. <laughs> and it, it did. I got the orangey. It, yeah, it turned yeah. me into a weird ginger kind of thing. Like not a natural redhead, just right. like a weird red tint. Yeah, in my yeah. hair. And the the funniest thing that happened is one time we called this Micah 2.0. I was going through kind of a rough patch, and uh, <laughs> I was like, I'll just dye my hair; it'll change everything. It, it didn't work. Spoiler alert: that did not change my life for a positive manner. I went on a date one time with this chick, and uh, with we went, the hair, with what, yes, while you this had is the... recently after I had dyed okay, my hair. Okay, and. Uh, the date went reasonably well, and as we were leaving, I was driving at the time. Um, I was pulling out of a parking garage, and the parking attendant like looked at me, and he goes, "Do you dye your hair?" Oh no! <laughs> and I was like, uh, "Who are you?" Uh, thanks, bye bye. Were and you trying to play this off like as if like like you didn't have weird color hair? Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't allude to it until a total stranger just called me out in front of a woman I was trying to impress the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hate to see it. Yeah, the other thing that happened at the uh, that date is we went to, uh, we ended the night at, uh, not at anyone's, not at my home, I know that. Uh, we went to uh, <laughs> Deep Eddie Cabaret, a local dive bar here in Austin. Great establishment. Where I was like, do you want to play a photo hunt? And she was like, yeah, photo hunt. I love, I used to love photo hunt in college. We'd play it all the time. I'm like, me too. And uh, I quickly learned that the photo hunt at Deep Eddie wasn't just like Playboy photo hunt. It was penthouse photo hunt. Yes. And it was extremely graphic. <laughs> and she was like from uh, Kansas City, Kansas, and very conservative. And needless to say, there was no second date. Oh, man. So I don't That's know how much of it was the graphic penthouse photo, shot, uh, photo hunt or my uh, weird colored hair. And then, like, I, I didn't have – I obviously – I realized it wasn't it wasn't going to work for me. Yeah. So yeah. I just it, but it took months to like actually look like my hair again. Yeah. Because yeah. the roots start growing. It was just a it's it a bad thing. Yeah. It does. Yes. Even if you, I mean, the only way to truly 
lop it all off is like you wait a month and then you just buzz your head. Yeah. Like that's it. Like if you just go for like your regular hairstyle, like your regular hairstyle, like just get shortcuts, it'll take, it's going to take a, a while it's, to it's get a, rid like of a, it all. A several cycle process. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a commitment. Yeah. B- but, but. But I, this is something totally different, but um, I just wanted to share that with well, I mean, that's 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 two out of the three, and it sounds like Phil is thinking about it. Maybe I should do and it. And Phil, I feel like you, you've you talked at sometimes about how you wish you could be a ring guy. Yeah. We've got the tattoo now. You've got the tattoo going mm-hmm. for you. I think if you put Platinum Job on top, that opens the door for the rings. The gateway. That is the, that is what you need. Mm-hmm. You get the, you get the, <laughs> first you get the tattoo. Got it. Then you get the blonde hair. On the way. Then you get the rings. Okay. Yeah, so that's. I think we can look for the look for Phil in 2019 I'll, I'll to uh, to do it. Yeah, that's and you know it's content. It is content. You have to it, team content. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a very long commitment to content. But if you are out there and you are a young person or you're a creative and you don't have like you know a stuffy office job and you're thinking about do, doing this, uh, go for it because now's the time. Send picks. Now's the time, please. baby. Send us picks. Uh, but I do suggest you d- do go all the way, get it bleached, and then just deal with the aftermath later, you know? Yeah. Now, when we were, I think, like in eighth grade, there was a, a, a bunch of people that would bleach their hair with, like, hydrogen peroxide. Mm-hmm. The Slim Shady style. Yeah. Now, does that what does that do these days? I can't recall what it looked like. I don't know. I think it really does bleach the hell out of it. I think it does, too. Maybe that's all you got to do. <laughs> Yeah, I would skip that though. If you're um, above the age of fourteen mm. and listening to this, go ahead and go to the. There's, you know, salon. Uh, if I know anything, it's that you can probably find a how-to on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you, that's always another option. All right. Speaking of uh, people with fake blonde hair, I I do want to take a second and talk about something uh, bachelor. Related. Mm-hmm. I'm just this episode of Club Cool. I am stepping on everybody's toes. Do it. Yeah, you know, circling back is going to circle back on the Bachelor. I'm sure Ross has already been talking about True Detective, but hey, I got takes too, baby. And, <laughs> and we're going to listen, and we're touching on him. Okay, but here is why I I felt so compelled to talk Bachelor today. This most recent episode is one of my favorite tropes of the entire series. There's nothing that I love more than this. It is when it is it's so it's it's on the bachelor so we got the male lead female contestants. Mm-hmm. Almost always they do a one-on-one, a one-on-one date mm-hmm. where the bachelor takes one of the bachelor contestants and he takes her on like a shopping spree. Yeah. Okay. With whose money? That is always very very vague. They always talk as if it's the bachelor spending the money. Right. But there's something at play here because they never go, they never walk into like Gucci. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not in Neiman's. They're always at like some slightly obscure Uh designer or store where, where, where there's something that's gone on. Like they're either getting a big discount or all the clothes actually are free or right. and it's they just, show the designer's name yes. anyway. Well then it's all free. Yeah. That's just product placement. But but they all they 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 act as if, you know, it's a special treat yeah. from the bachelor on this date. It's very nice of him to do that. And uh so Colton is the bachelor right now. He takes this girl Kaylin who uh is a beauty pageant contestant 
and it is very pretty and also probably like perfect size to go try on a bunch of clothes. She looks like a sample size. She's mm-hmm. like thin and probably five foot seven. And she looks great in everything. And she, and the best part about this, why I love this so much, is the inevitable envy that the shopping date one-on-one always inspires among the other girls. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it is like clockwork. And I so look forward to this <laughs> because they always make the girl walk back into the room where all of them staying. And she is holding as many shopping bags yeah. as she physically uh-huh. can carry. <laughs> and the look on the uh, on the faces of the other girls, I mean, like the blood just rushes out of their face. They all are so have so much dread and are mm-hmm. filled with such complete envy that this other girl walks in and has thousands of dollars worth of shoes and clothes and just everything. Mm-hmm. And she and the girl that got all the clothes is so giddy. <laughs> She wants to go try them all on. And yeah, show oh, everybody. it's just it's the best. I'm sitting on the couch cackling at this. <laughs> I'm cackling watching the other girls, and poor Cassie, who she goes on, she, they they get Cassie in to do like a little you know one on one just with the the, mm-hmm. the confessional type thing. She's one of my favorite contestants. I actually like her a lot, but she's just choking out through tears how happy she is for Kaylin, but how hard it is to watch that happen and like. She she frames it Come as it's on. it's hard to watch an, a, the guy that you're supposed to be dating like go take another girl out uh-huh. and like lavish her with gifts. But really, what she means is she's so upset that she didn't get the shopping one on one. Yeah, because she didn't get bags and bags and bags of free clothes and shoes. She could give two shits about this guy <laughs> that she just met. It. I have not been watching this season, but I have seen this exact scene that you speak of. Dozens of times, it they is do it, every year. They do what I like to call I like to call this the pretty woman date. Yeah, uh-huh, yes. Where, <laughs> where the bachelor takes a woman out and she puts on a lot of things and she comes home with jewelry and and it's just as you described and always many many bags. Yes, and just the look of the girls and you can hear first they whisper they go wait what is she holding yeah. <laughs> and then it's like oh my god and then the girl who went on the date. Never shows any humility. Like it, it's never like, guys. I can't believe I'm a reality show. Right. This guy gave me this. Yes. It's like the man who I am dating <laughs> just gave me all of these things, and I love him. Yeah, and it's it, it's uh, great. Well, it makes the, me laugh every time. Micah, on this episode, she pulls out one of the pairs of shoes and says, "He picked these out himself." <laughs> wow. Yeah, and, and this is one of the the few um, the few things that. The producers don't – for some reason, they keep this facade up that The Bachelor is the one writing the check. Right, mm-hmm. yes. It's never discussed that, oh, hey, I got the pretty woman date. Like, I, lucky me. <laughs> this happens every season. It's like, <laughs> oh, no, Colton was just so – he just cared so much, and he picked these things out for me. Yeah. It's it's great. I love it. Uh, it's, so it's a I, great I, yeah, piece of – I just uh, had to talk about – because this is just top-notch schadenfreude. It, you know? Schadenfreude. And wow. Because I – I mean, it it brought me just pure joy watching these girls like slowly melt down and try to rationalize the whole thing in their head. But there's but it's just it's just really, really funny. Like mm-hmm. and, you know, I love shopping, so I, I do kind of get it. And that got me thinking, you know, I, they there really isn't an equivalent on the other side, at least not from The Bachelor. I was about to ask you, they did it on The Bachelor. There's that I have seen them do this for a guy too uh. where they where a, a one-on-one happens and the girl 
takes the guy shopping. Mm-hmm. But of course, that does not universally inspire envy among men because just there's not the same percentage yeah. that love, you know, being lavished with clothes and shoes and jewelry right. and shopping and all of that. But that but that's what it got me thinking about. Is there anything where like where this where a one-on-one date would inspire such envy from a group of guys and even even let's we can we can take the the general discussion away from reality tv as well like if you if one of your buddies like starts dating a girl and he gets to go on x date that can happen in like a 24-hour time span basically Mm. what would be like the the one thing that almost all guys can can like agree is just like oh my god i can't believe you got to do that and right off the top of my head it's a bucket list thing for me is like courtside NBA seats. I was about to say the same thing. That that's the one thing that I can think of. Yeah. Like even if you're not a sports guy, that's a hell of an experience. That's that's a crazy crazy experience yeah. to sit courtside at an NBA game. You're in the game because you are yeah. There's no other sport where you where you can get that close. Yeah. to the action and like really have it in your face like that. Right. You're on camera the whole time right. pretty much like no, no matter what city you're in, there are usually some type of glitterati, even if it's just like the city's local billionaire. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll take it. So that's that's like the the one thing that's that kind of popped out to me is the other one that I think of is like the Masters. Okay, where if if your buddy says, "Hey, my wife surprised me," or my girlfriend, or whatever, she came pulled through and got us Masters tickets. Like that's something I'm going to be jealous of a hundred hundred times. Yeah, out of that would be amazing. Yeah, and All, then the, the, you know a VIP at some golf tournament. Like you're you are again. It's the right, access. Right. You're very very close. Um, yeah, the, the golf tournament like bleeds starts bleeding into like. Well, what if she takes him on a whole yacht vacation? Then obviously we're right. like into a different tier there. I'm kind of thinking about you know basically like a limited experience basically the, the masters is the only one from like a golf perspective because if, if phil if you told me that your wife is like hey she just got us tickets to uh waste management in phoenix and they're vip i'm like mm, that's cool I, yeah. I don't really care yeah. <laughs> but if you're like i'm going to the masters i hate you yeah 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 um, and, and court sides are definitely qu- right court side, and then also um another like at the top of my list is court side and then backstage to like a real rock show okay not like fucking um some random country artist uh, that they put on the bachelor yeah <laughs> <laughs> who who is that it's it's someone oh, every season that's just another trope yeah uh, that's okay. it's one of my favorite they, bachelor they, tropes they too. conclude many 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 one-on-one dates yeah. with a concert from a no-name country artist <laughs> that whose publicist is whose paid pub- yes. for them to be on there yes. oh yeah sometimes they're they're weird pop people but it seems like they head towards that country because it's easy to slow often. dance to yes oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. and then there's always one contestant who claims they know who this of person course, is of course even though no one in america <laughs> it's a great trope there, there's a lot of things about the bachelor the production of the bachelor they're more interesting than the content of the bachelor uh-huh. for those who have watched it over the years and that's another great trope yeah. but yes i feel this is good if you if you're gonna put me on stage like behind the Rolling Stones right, in a stadium, exactly. like okay. count, whoa, I'm jealous. If it's <laughs> if it's Florida Georgia Line <laughs> at, at the Irwin Center, T <laughs> uh, Man would would disagree. I'm, hey, I might disagree too. You know, this is how we roll, baby. God, they are the worst. I want to expand on that. 
that is they are the definition uh, as to what is wrong with country music these days no no joke no joke I, i'm i'm not saying this ironically i completely disagree okay they, they are, are not fa- country they're my, music. They're my favorite country band. But they don't call them a country <laughs> band. Those guys are a joke, man. I know that they that I, I I totally get it. I know what you're saying. Like they are the Nickelback of country music. But Nickelback has some has some good songs, man. No, they have some songs that rock. The, well, you're wrong again. The problem is they have some songs that rock. These interviews, <laughs> come on. These interviews with Florida Georgia Line, where they say that like, oh, we love George Jones and and uh, Merle Haggard and classic country, but really, it's very apparent that they just grew up listening to Boys to Men and and, uh, and, and Nelly. Yes, like that's it. Those are their influences. Right. So don't pretend to be something you're not. You bozos. I'm with Phil. Good. Okay. But uh, right. you know we're we're not going to fight. We're not here to fight about George. That's true. That's Florida true. Georgia Line. <laughs> That's uh, on another podcast. I'm just we'll all I'm saying out. is that this is how we roll. Featuring uh, Luke Bryan is oh, just, just now I, I, is I, maybe one of my favorite songs of all time. Oh my god! Now I really hate Luke Bryan, <laughs> dude. Listen to them live and then come back to me. I'm I'm not. I could I, sing just as well as Luke Bryan. I'm not arguing for their validity as like authentic musicians. I'm just saying that some of their songs, and I'm not, I, I can't actually really name a Luke Bryan song, I don't think. Good. But Florida Georgia Line, the, I, some of their songs are just, I, they just, they're bops, man. They're, they're catchy. Bops. <laughs> I put them on. That's a great term. I cruise I to that. them. I, I literally cruise to cruise. To cruise. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, let's continue talking about television, Phil. Let's. But let's step it up to a. Uh, to a, a higher intellectual level of television. Okay. How about that? I don't know if I'm capable. Okay. We're going to try, though. True Detective Season 3. Mm-hmm. I'd say kind of like one of the bigger things on TV right now as far as, you know, just like people watching and talking and, and, and you know, writing things about, basically. Mm-hmm. It's an HBO show. It's got a lot of history. Got big name actors in it. And uh, it, it had a lot to live up to. It's been quite a hiatus between season two and season three. Season one, very lauded, much appreciated, great performances, a cool story. Season two, not that good. Horrible. Kind of weird, you know. We we did get the Colin Farrell coke binge scene out of it, which was fun, but uh, but didn't live up to expectations. So here we are. We're halfway through. This season is apparently only eight episodes. I don't know if the previous two were or not. I feel like they were 10, but maybe not. Maybe they were eight as well. Um, So we're halfway. We're halfway in. And I don't quite know what to think. Mm -hmm. I I, I really, I find myself wanting to like this show more than I'm actually liking it. Uh, I I would say that Mahershala Ali and Stephen Dorff both excellent really believable performances that's right uh mahershala ali plays the most convincing old man absolutely the ever i know it's incredible how Very how good. he nails like just like the, the movement and the breathing in the just mm-hmm. everything about being very good elderly yeah uh so that's, that could have been a total disaster yes yes if he would not have been convincing as an old man think about having to watch that right right and uh 
but we just we just don't seem to have moved anywhere in four episodes dude it is oh man like i get it i'm on the i'm totally with you like i want to like it so much and i do like it and i will watch every episode yeah absolutely like i'm i'm in for the ride right like season two i turned off okay after three episodes i was done because it's so that was not believable at all not at all yeah um but I'll watch every episode. However, I just feel like they get so lost in the weeds with these long dialogue scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, the, the the most recent episode where they're at dinner. Yes. That, w- yes. that was the longest scene I've ever sat through in my entire life. The, yeah. And we, we, we got nothing out of it. Nothing of substance that I can really recall. Yeah, I'm not... I know they're trying to, like, set up their relationship. The, yes. It's something about... Yes. There's, and, but, you know, like... All right, so I really love when they tease um, the upcoming episodes at uh-huh. the end of episodes. Right. And so the the previous episode, they had teased that scene with her saying, I'm kind of a mess. Or mm-hmm. like, I don't know if you can believe this or not. So I was like, wow, well, maybe she'll, like, there's something with, with that. Mm-hmm. And um, there's not. So it, I, it was just too long. Uh, shouts to the lady friend for, for prompting this thought. But. She mentioned how she doesn't understand their chemistry. She's not really like buying their chemistry. Yeah. And that got me to thinking, like, that's probably like I, I do see some chemistry, but I understand I know what she meant because sometimes that it they're definitely kind of emphasizing that these two people don't really know how to talk to each other, or that there's not a lot of common ground, that they're not like finding easy conversation, basically. And so I I I think what that's kind of driving is the fact that the reason that they found each other, stayed together, got married, et cetera, is because what they bonded over was just the fact that they were both like two outsiders. Mm. They were, they were two, you know, they were two of the only like black people in this little Arkansas town mm-hmm. outside of like the, the junction park that we saw yeah. uh, in this most recent episode. So it's really more of like the fact that they, you know, that they were like these two, they were similar in that regard, even if they didn't have a ton to go on besides Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And then we even see that like in this episode, like about how, like where they're, they're yelling at each other and they're fighting. Mm -hmm. And he says something like, you know, how are we, how are we going to, how are we ever going to understand each other basically if we don't now? Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I feel like, that scene was long and slow and too long and too slow, I would say. It was. But I guess that's what they're kind of that's, – that's my takeaway is that that's the element that they're pushing there. Right. Um, but so another interesting this, – this, so Nick Pizzolatto, showrunner, writer, uh, he actually directed this episode. And he, I guess he's kind of – if there are – if there are – Bad things about his reputation or his writing style, it's that he is very self-indulgent and like kind of like just kind of digs his feet in on what he thinks the dialogue and the story Mm -hmm. should sound like and how it should all go. And so now you see him taking over in in the director's chair as well. And so I think you're just getting a full dose of of what he wants it to be. And I, I just think it's like a little... How are we halfway through and we just, we don't, like nothing, like 
they keep showing us really, really small clues, but it just feels like it's going to have to be an overload of things happening and information in the in the back half of the of the season to like bring anything together. Right. I mean, we're halfway through, and I could not point to one person as a suspect. Right. Right. That has. I mean, I don't think they've introduced anybody yet that really holds water. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's. I love a good twist. Yeah. Well. Okay. Uh, Give me a twist. Okay. How about this? Try this on for size. Okay. Um, and by the way, this this show is also kind of falling down a bit of a rabbit hole that I that I don't quite know how to feel about with regards to modern TV. And what I what I mean by that is, you know, I mentioned that I want to like this show more than I'm actually liking it. And and part of what I'm part of the reason why I am enjoying it is because I'm reading and listening to things after the show. So I'm oh. and th- so it's got that. It all started with Game of Thrones, which did not do it on purpose. But then Westworld came out and was basically like, this is a Reddit thread that we've made into a TV show, basically. <laughs> like, the, the, like the whole thing is playing the game and like trying to figure the yeah. thing out. And uh, anyway, I'm just saying like, once again, here's another season of television where half of my enjoyment comes from reading into what's going on on screen. Mm. And that's like, I shouldn't need that second part. It should be additional. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have to rely like, on it. I- I- even if I didn't host a, a Game of Thrones podcast, even if I didn't read a single thing about it, I would love the show because yeah. it's just incredible. It's it incredibly is. well done and written and put together and the storylines come together and all of the things, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, this one, I- I'm getting more enjoyment out of it because there's so much going on. <clears throat> after the show basically there, you don't get any spoilers though doing that no because because what what people are doing is just like they're investigating the context of everything and they're taking you into r- real life crimes that were going on in the 1980s that like frame what the what this season is kind of is all about okay so like that. I'm I'm learning things like this and by the way I'm mostly getting this from like the ringers recapables okay stuff but like Dungeons and Dragons, right? Right. I'm, I'm not super familiar with that. You know where I I for, I think I first like got a real look at what at mm-hmm. what Dungeons and Dragons was was in Stranger Things. I know. I knew you were gonna say right? that. Yeah. And it's very in Stranger Things they put that game out there as like it, very innocuous, very innocent. Like these little kids are just playing this fantasy game, right? Mm-hmm. But in the 1980s, it got it got a lot of heat. It was attributed or, or it. It was blamed for some like devil cultish type stuff mm-hmm. because parents didn't understand it. Yeah. There was no board. There was nothing to see to understand. Like half of the game is like just all about in your, it's in your imagination. You're playing these characters, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it had these elements that like were freaking people out because, because of, you know it's novelty and it's <clears throat> it's uh you know it's it's um it's content mm-hmm. basically and like that like that makes it interesting that makes it hearing about what people in the 80s like actually thought about this game made it creepier that will was like playing it in the in the forest uh-huh. with god knows who with little dolls around that were yeah yeah exactly 
Yeah, they seem to so, always go back to that um, witchcraft kind of vibe for totally. True Detective. Well, and so that's that's another question that I have for you. Do you think they're tying season three to season one at all? Oh man, I don't know. Is are there any of the same people involved as far as like production? Oh well, yeah. I mean, the writer Nick Pizzolatto, who I just he mentioned. wrote all three. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well then, yeah. I mean, season one was so good, in my opinion. And then season two, uh, I'm assuming the consensus was that not good. Right, but seasons one and three, we're now dealing with like very similar themes. If Finding you will. little things in the woods that are right. related and like, to witchcraft. It's, sort it's, of. it's young people yeah. that are, are that are being victimized yeah. here. Right. There's like a there's like a weird thing, like you said, with like the witchcraft and a yeah. cult yeah. and these uh, you know these uh, subtexts of pedophilia. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's it's weird to go back to that well. It feels like they might try to like connect those two seasons a little bit towards the end. That'd here. be cool. So I loved season one so much. Uh, oh my yeah. And the ending, I thought the final episode was just brilliant. Yeah, I th- and I, I I've watched season one twice through, and you know maybe it was slow too, but it was carried because you got such absolutely compelling performances from McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Like, I mean, him, I could just watch him all day sitting in that interrogation room, cutting up Lone Star cans and talking about how time is a flat circle and... and Smoking heaters. And smoking heaters, yeah. Man, you know, I've always wondered, like, when you're on screen smoking that many cigs, are you, are they really taking drags? No, I think they have fake cigarettes. What's in them? I think they have, I I think they have, the prop game in Hollywood Uh is so good that I think they have fake cigarettes that basically... Smoke like real cigarettes, but aren't cigarettes like those candy cigarettes that we used to rock as kids? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, you know, a Similar. notch, a notch above those though, <laughs> just a notch. Dude, man, did I love slightly more a realistic fake cigarette? Oh God, yeah, loved them. Why did our parents let us buy those? I don't know. Yeah, those were so stupid. But I definitely loved those too, man. Those Absolutely. little peppermint sticks felt very cool. Oh yeah, the coolest felt very cool. And then I then we graduated. Um, I don't know about you, but in Beaumont we graduated to Black and Milds. Okay. Yeah, we smoked black and miles in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yes. Also <laughs> felt very cool doing that. Yeah. Don't inhale though. <laughs> God. Um any hopes for the back half of the season? Yeah, yeah. I think they'll they'll tie it together. I, I'm, I mean, I'm optimistic. I, I like I did get a jolt right here at the end of this episode. Yeah. But I kinda wanted to see the firefight. Something. What what are those things called? What's that front facing mine called? It's called something. It's like a it's got a, a name. Jumping something, isn't it? Micah, you know what those mines are called? You know what I'm talking about? They were <laughs> Micah like... has a vast knowledge of uh, <laughs> Vietnam mines. Yeah, there. I feel like it starts with a C. I'm looking it up. Claymore. It's a claymore. Oh. Yeah. I thought we were going to see like some body parts explode, though, there. Well, hopefully they open up the next episode with an explosion of a body right in the screen. <laughs> yeah. My dad, like, I talked to him on the phone before we watched that episode. He's like, oh, man, wait till the end. Uh, and I was I have really high hopes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So. All right. Well, we're keeping an eye out for True Detective Season 3. We'll probably revisit it after mm-hmm. the uh, the season concludes give our final thoughts on it, but uh, some things to look out for. Hit us with your thoughts if you have additional ones, and let's take a break. Hear from a sponsor. Today's pod is brought to you by Lisa. 
Resolve to rest this new year. A quality night's sleep helps you recover from distractions faster, prevents burnout, you make better decisions, it improves your memory, and overall, you just make fewer mistakes. You're living a better life. It's not marketing, it's science. To design a better mattress, Lisa leveraged 30 years of experience and hundreds of hours of testing to develop the perfect mattress for all body shapes and sleeping styles. You've heard me talk about them here on Oysters, Claims, and Cockles, on Twitter. I love my Sapira by Lisa Mattress. Their regular Lisa Mattress is incredibly comfortable as well, and it's a great company with a great mission. They want to provide a better night's rest for everybody, so through their 110 program, they donate one mattress for every 10 that they sell, and hey, it doesn't stop there. They also partner with the Arbor Day Foundation. They plant one tree for every mattress they sell as well. So it's a great company doing great things. They want to help you get your best night's sleep ever. Get well-rested in 2019. Do it. You can get $160 off a Lisa mattress right now at lisa.com slash cool. Use promo code cool at checkout. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash cool. Use promo code cool. All right, and we're back. Final segment of the pod today. We're going to jump into some fashion-related topics. Last week, we talked a little bit about what we were seeing at Paris Fashion Week. Now, when we were looking at some of those shows and talking about it, we were actually looking all the way forward to fall 2019. And uh, I got some feedback from some listeners that they like hearing about the high fashion. They like hearing about what's going on in that world, but they want it, uh, you know, they, you guys want to hear how you can take those high fashion runway trends and kind of work them into your own personal style and your more everyday type wardrobe. Uh, you know, when you're wearing clothes and you're not walking down a runway in Paris, for example. So... Uh, what I did was I dug up a Vogue report from last year's spring shows, when spring 2019 shows were were, uh, were being presented. And it was all about what the trends were looking like based on the runway for spring 2019. And I took a few of those that I thought were most relatable. And what I want to do is is tell you about them and then kind of talk about like how you can kind of pick up on that trend and put it in your closet and, and wear it yourself. So I've got three here. And the first one is something that we've kind of touched on before. It's pockets, baby. <laughs> I want pockets on everything. And, and you're actually wearing a perfect jacket because mm-hmm. your, po- your jacket has four pockets on the outside. Big flaps on them. Yeah. You don't even know what I have in there. Yeah. There could be interior pockets, too, that we don't even know about. There are. They're hidden. They're hidden. Um, yeah, it's pocket season. It's pocket season. And this is... This really, like... I, I just have pockets listed here because they can be on anything and mm-hmm. everything, and you're getting in on the trend. Yeah. We've talked about the cargo pant thing. We've talked about the like the technical utility look that a lot of, that a lot of designers are going for. And, and, and that's a big part of it. It's just, it's, it's pockets. It's, it's places to put things. So whether it's, it's the chest rigs or the the hip bags or the fanny packs or the cargo trousers or a military jacket, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's, it's that look of like, it's that utilitarian look of, of pockets to, to place and stash things. 
and carry stuff. Because in 2019, apparently, dudes are just carrying lots. <laughs> um, so uh, I- I've touched on like slim cargo pants before. I, I mean, even like backpacks, you can get like kind of one of those older school backpacks. I know um, Herschel makes some yes. with like the, the like the leather straps. They uh-huh. have the more. It's like it's it's exterior pockets that you can you can visibly see. Uh-huh. Right. Another good one is Topo Designs. Topo Designs makes a great like uh-huh. u- utility bag that is. I mean, and can, outerwear. And yeah, and outerwear, and that stuff is is super functional as well, mm-hmm. and then slides right into this trend. Uh, as far as the shorts and pants, I like a slimmer silhouette here. What I'm really looking for is uh, uh, right this second. Like what I want. Uh, in the next few months is I like the their pants are doing now with like the ties mm-hmm, at mm-hmm, the hem mm-hmm. uh, uh, Carhartt makes is making a pair of these so it's like a slim silhouette on a cargo and then right in the hem there's like a little cord so at the can, waist no 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 right I'm at, at the, the the hem of the leg yeah so yeah. right in the leg opening uh-huh. a little cord or yeah. a tie yeah and you can almost you, you can tighten up that cuff and almost turn them into like a jogger style yeah I like that Pull them up a little bit, show off the socks, show off the shoes, and uh, and then I've pulled a few vests that we're looking yeah. at here from brands that I know a lot of y'all are comfortable with. This first one is Patagonia. I got four pockets right on the outside of this vest. That's a good. That's a good number of and pockets. And it's like it's got this. It's this brown canvas. Uh, this canvas look. And Carhartt's big name right now, like the Dickies, the mm-hmm. workwear style mm-hmm. in general. The one, uh, the one next to it is a vest from Filson. Also got big pockets on it, and you know these are very like streamlined silhouettes Mm -hmm. that still have these exterior pockets. But uh, you know, we saw Ma do the fisherman's vests this past fall. Mm -hmm. So, so even if you find something that has a little bit more like of external type patches and pockets and zippers. You know, you can you can definitely work that in as well. You want to talk about some external work? I almost bought this uh, jacket from J. Crew. It's called um, something to do with a canoe. I can't recall the name of it. Are you looking? Uh, no, I'm not, but I can. Look her up. Canoe. What was it? A canoe? What? I don't know, but it's you, got... it was a canoe. You were gonna throw <laughs> you it. Put you a... were gonna throw it out there on Town Lake. You could put an oar inside one of these things. There's so <laughs> many pockets on it, but it looks so dope. Um, it was a jacket. Yeah. J. Crew, hmm. and another thing that I saw that I would like uh, to add to this little vest collab is Carhartt makes a it's it's just like this Patagonia. Mm-hmm. It's got that heavy um, canvas, yeah, but it's white. Okay, like an off white, yeah, which is totally different, yeah, um, and goes with a lot. Okay. And if you get it dirty and nasty, I think that's kind of the point. Do you have that one pulled up? No. I don't okay. have shit pulled up. Well, okay, that that Patagonia vest, by the way, if if you are desperate to to go find it right this second, it's called the All Seasons Hemp Canvas Vest, and uh, I'll I'll put links to these since we're talking about specific items. I'll put them on the Twitter at Club Cool Pod. The Filson one is called the Dry Wax Work Vest, and then I've even got another one here that's like a lightweight puffer vest that has. Two hand pockets and two che- uh, flap chest pockets. That's from Zara. It's like forty dollars if you're just looking for like a quick, easy, cheap way. Nice to to jump in to uh, to the pocket trend. Um, and and we'll throw up. Phil will find his canoe something or other. Look at that. It's called the canoe jacket. Oh, 
look at those yes. pockets. There's, I, there's pockets like angled. I, I mean, they, I looked at that too. I yeah, that thing cool. is very cool. I like it's it. It's not the, available anymore. Oh, it's not. I don't. It didn't look like it. it looks like it's sold out. Uh, yeah, the green is is a better look anyway, but. It's very cool. Okay, a lot of drawstrings. That thing's got a yes. A lot that going is very on. yeah. And see, that's and you know, like I I I answered it on the Q and A on Instagram. Uh-huh. It's like I'm worried that J Crew isn't going to do stuff like that anymore because it's too. It has too to. out there. Look at the one review on here titled "I just don't get it." <laughs> yeah. See, and that's the customer that J Crew is like trying to uh, to win back, basically. Yeah. Well, that guy can fuck off. Um. Okay. Next trend here. It's the new Aloha shirt. That's what I'm calling it. So it's the same silhouette and fabric and material and look that you've all come to know in bright tropical prints. Mm-hmm. Short sleeve. It's got the uh, that kind of spread revere collar, mm-hmm. a little bit of a boxy fit, kind of crop, not too long. You know what I'm talking about, yes. right? Of course you do. It's the <laughs> short sleeve button downs, but... For 2019, if you want to be a little bit more on trend, what you're getting rid of is all of those super tropical yeah. or Polynesian or floral prints, like nothing too brightly colored. Now, that doesn't mean it can't be loud, but the new prints that that we're looking at and that we're going towards have a little bit more of a 70s mm-hmm, vibe, mm-hmm. a little more loose. Um darker tones, fewer of those really loud, bright-ass colors. Even vertical stripes, I've seen a bit. Uh, and here's what I did. I've got I've got screen grabs here up on our rundown. the The first is from ASOS. I went to ASOS.com. I pulled up men. I went to shirts, and then I filtered short sleeve and prints. And these are the first four that mm-hmm. popped up. Yeah. I mean, just to like, yeah. just to show you how big this particular trend is going to be. Spring summer 2019. And they have thousands. And oh of my God, Asa, like if, right, again, like if you want an inexpensive way to just try this, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've got shirts here, the, the first four from ASOS, $64, $64, and then I, the, the fourth one is, is up to 120 But, you know, it's just, it's kind of, it, it's a way to change up something that you already know and love. This this first one, it's just like it's big ass leopards on it, you know. I really you know, dig that one. I really like that too. Here's my problem with that one. This kind of tan, taupey, gold, brown colorway. It's very, very popular right now. It just looks like I'm wearing the, something the same color as I my know. skin. Washes you out. Yeah. Uh it, if you have more olive like a more olive skin tone, uh it it works a little bit better. Which is why they put it on the guy with the he's covered in tattoos. Covered in tattoos, yeah. yes. Uh, and then the second place that I went to show you the the strength of this trend is Saturdays. Great brand. Saturdays NYC. This is a, if you're not familiar with this brand, it is one I strongly, strongly suggest if you've like, if you've basically graduated from Intro to Fashion 101 and you're looking for like a gateway brand to kind of open it up a, to get a little bit broader. To like expand your like your fashion facing type stuff just a little bit more. They've got so much because they keep it they keep it really wearable yeah. and classic. Like yeah. you know chino shorts and and these type of shirts and like great short sleeve and long sleeve button downs. But the quality is a little elevated. Mm-hmm. The cut is a little bit better, and then they do some things that are a little bit 
uh, just a, that are that that push that that fashion mm-hmm. forward vibe. And so all four of these shirts that I pulled up are just it, again. This was the first four. These are all four pre pre spring 2019 from Saturdays. And again, it's like it's very Art Deco. Um, a lot of black and tan and red, but none of those you know bright greens and yeah. blues that you may have seen 16, 17. It's got the are those jellyfish on this guy on the right. You know what? Those are. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think they are. I think that, they're actually like. Uh, they're like they look like little like almost ribbons. Like like oh, oh. It, it, there's something kind of weird. It, it looks very similar to the one that you had from John Elliott. Mm, yeah, that yeah. you returned. It, it, yeah, it does. Uh, the there's actually r- right below this. I, I I didn't I didn't include this one in this screen grab, but there's a there's a long sleeve version of this Art Deco print. That has a little black flat pocket on the chest, mm-hmm. and it's really really cool. Like, and that's something that would be a long sleeve kind of like bold print like that is not something that I've done a lot, especially with that kind of spread collar. Yeah, and I'm not really that into it. So I was see. I think it's something that I might want to try. Try it out. Yeah. If anybody can pull it off, you can. Because I think it's going to go well with my gold chain. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I picture when I look at something like that. <laughs> Okay. Uh, again, <laughs> at Club Cool Pod on Twitter, I'm going to give you all these links. Okay. Third trend that I want to touch on. Now, Vogue titled this, let's see here, There's Poetry in Slow Fashion. So th- this one took a little rewriting to, to, uh, to make it make sense. But basically what they were bringing up is, uh, here's another term that they used, countryside romanticism. Mm. So I've boiled this down to countryside romanticism, a.k.a. rom-coms at the beach. Wow. Because that is, that is what it evoked in my mind. Yeah, right. You know, do you know what movie came to mind for some reason? I don't even know if there's outfits in this movie that do fit, but all I could think of was the Diane Lane, Richard Gere movie, Nights, at, Nights in Rodante. Nights at Rodante. Never seen it. Yeah, I haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the trailer and it's like Richard Gere and Diane Lane running down a beach in uh-huh. North Carolina like, you know, doing doing sexy shit in a beach house. Yeah. Now, I see you put Mama Mia down. That now that I've seen and that's okay. perfect. So another a couple other movies that I like immediately kind of thought of that I think translate this look well are Mama Mia, the uh-huh. first one. What, you know, and again, they're at it's a they're at a beach. Mm-hmm. They're in Greece. They're wearing looser clothing a lot of open knits mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's actually uh, it's actually a lot of the, the the women's clothes that like i think kind of emphasize it better but even the men are in like looser linen shirts in mm-hmm. this very light color beachy color palette um uh it, it's a as vogue said a pastoral aesthetic so you have like a little bit of like farmhouse vibe yeah too which I, I think makes sense, you like because you get like some straw, and you, that you can kind of uh, you get more of that white tan kind of yeah. look yeah. there, right? But some some things to try if you want to jump in on this: uh, the looser linen shirts, maybe the shorts. Uh, our Dylan, as our friend Dylan uh, tried last year, the straw Panama hat mm-hmm. is a nice way to get into that, um, and then. As as we transition March, April, maybe you're in a place that has like those cooler nights. I love just like an open knit. And what I mean by that is like it, usually a cotton or cotton blend sweater that has a very loose weave. 
and I it and it's it's it, they breathe like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I have a I have a, a a thick cotton sweater from J Crew, but it's like an open knit. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if I'm cold, if I wear it in in sixty five degrees, <laughs> because it just like the air just like goes mesh. just goes straight through it. Yeah, but so look for that. Look for those lighter weight type stuff that kind of evokes those cooler nights, evenings at the beach. You know, maybe yeah. that California beach bonfire thing. It's just like a very laid back type look. Mm-hmm. I think you know, it's 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 kind of vacation, but make it more for the city. Uh, and and you know if you want to if you want to frame it up versus a lot of the other stuff that we've talked about on the podcast, it's a reduction of hype of the hype based yeah, stuff okay, that that's that, good. that yeah. we that we talk about mm-hmm. because there is no there is no hype to the to the quote unquote pastoral aesthetic not yet it's just chill vibes right chill vibes only exactly um, stay away from all fedoras. No fedoras. If you're thinking about getting one, Panama. think again. It's a Panama. Are you? But are you? Are you lumping in my Panama hat? Are you with the Panama hats with the fedora? No, no. What am I thinking of then? The the one with the little small brim that's cocked up in the back. Well, the small brim. Yeah, that's a fedora. That's a fedora. You don't want that. No. You want a wider brim on the straw. Of hat. course, no. Yes. The fedora has got to go. Don't yeah. do it. Uh, but so yeah. So the 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 recent fashion scene has been all about like these like super loud graphics and it's very, you know, it's 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 very fast, it's a lot of hype streetwear type looks and this is kind of like this is a pull back from that to a, you know, to just I don't know, for some reason like I'm thinking like peasants in late 1800s Italy. That's, that's a look. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find any any photos online that confirmed that uh-huh. that's accurate. But I just feel like it sounds right. Good. I'll look up uh, some of my ancestral yeah, give, yeah, photos. Get some, get some, yeah, that'd get be great. Get some inspo. Oh, Something Borrowed is another movie that just popped into mind. Like John Krasinski on the beach playing badminton, that type uh, of thing. I seen it. Yeah. Kate Hudson. I can she, see it now, She dates though. this guy with this like big chunky white sweater. That that I think that really fits right in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's what I got. Those are your spring 2019 trends and, and 19 uh, trends. 19, 19. Those are your spring 2019 trends and how I think you can best add them to your own wardrobe. Once again, I'm going to put out those links at Club Cool Pod on Twitter. It's a great source. Yeah. Speaking of uh, social mediums, where can the people follow you, Phil? On Instagram at pbatag. My personal accounts are at Barrett Dudley, Twitter and Instagram. And uh, you can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Club Cool Pod. We will be back next week, same place, same time, with more great content. New we'll studio. In the, new, in the No Limit Studios. God, very exciting. Right. We'll see you. Bye-bye.